Hello, I'm Alice Arnold and welcome to the Musicals and Theatre podcast. So Magic at the Musicals is nearly upon us and we're going to bring you all of the backstage gossip. It will be fantastic. However, we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait for that. So this week we spoke to some of the acts that are going to be performing on the night and some that have performed before. First, we hot-footed it down to the Dominion Theatre to speak to Andrew Pollock and Christina Bennington, who are playing Strat and Raven in Bat Out of Hell. Quite often in the Magic Musicals and Theatre po- uh, podcast, we talk to people who've had you know years of experience on the stage. And we're going to break the trend with that now and talk to rising stars. I've got two very young people in front of me. I've got Andrew Pollock and Christina Bennington. Hello. Who are in Bat Out of Hell. Um... That how old are you actually? You, you know, we always say we're always eighteen. Eighteen forever, just yeah. like 18, in the musical. Eighteen to see you are very young. <laughs> I, yeah, you've got your fingers crossed. Haven't you? <laughs> you're saying that. What? 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 Behind our <laughs> backs? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, Bat Out of Hell is obviously it's it's meatloaf. It's all it's all the hits of meatloaf. But at the essence is a love story between you two, I imagine. Yes, absolutely. We always say that every character in this show and every storyline, it's really all about love from the beginning. And that's Jim's message that he's wanted to send for over 40 years with his music. And did you know all the music before? So even though it's not really your generation, because you're only 18, um, (laughs) did did you know all the songs before you took part? Uh, Yes. Uh, I I guess we both relate to it in different ways. Uh, It was a the Bat Out of Hell first album was a pinnacle album in my life because uh, I, what, I, I was a sports kid and then um, I got into a really, really bad bicycle accident almost going like a Bat Out of Hell down a hill and uh, I saw a car at the end of the hill at this like blind turn, hit my brakes and flew off the handlebars and uh, got a concussion, was in the trauma unit for about five days and uh, when I got out of the hospital and the doctor saw me, uh, she asked me to walk in a straight line, and I couldn't do it. And she said, I'm sorry, you can't do contact sports for a year. So I didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, my dad, seeing that I was down, played me Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And uh, I fell in love with Meatloaf's energy, and I fell in love with the whole album. And uh, I don't know, it kind of put me on a completely different trajectory in my life. So it's got a very deep meaning for you then. It's not just a show. It's yeah. more than that. No, it's it's almost like a bicycle crash landed me where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And Christina, how did you know the music? I guess like a lot of music um, that I love and indeed play in my dressing room, uh, I got to know this music playing in the car with my dad on car journeys. That's where a lot of my musical taste comes from, to be honest. Um, And I just remember it being so theatrical and it's a kind of great road trip soundtrack. Um, And it's, it's really exciting to rediscover it and listen to it, you know, as an adult and getting the chance to sing this stuff, like what an amazing opportunity. And realizing the genius behind the lyrics and the music as opposed to me just screaming along to them in the car as a kid is very exciting. Now, I gather all the audience know the songs too, so they all <laughs> sing along. Is this is that right? Is that off-putting? Yeah, Are they well, in tune? We, we have to say we're very grateful. By the time we get to the finale and we come out and they're giving us back exactly what we've been giving them the whole show, if not even more, it's extremely exciting. And I guess, yeah, this audience knows 
every single word of this music and they've known it for you know some of them 40 plus years or some of them are coming to it fresh and I guess that's what's so exciting is that we have such different generations enjoying this same music and that it all means so much to different people absolutely what's so great is people come and they go oh it's so amazing that we saw it in a new light or you know you showed us something different about this music by hearing it with different voices because of course these amazing songs are shared among everyone in the cast and it's great to hear mm. them sung by so and you've people. both been with the show since the inception of since the very beginning yeah andrew even before before me yeah i was in the uh, workshop in new york city um which was a wild experience and i was ignorant at the time because I, for some reason, thought, oh, when you do a workshop, then it goes straight into uh, production and it becomes like a full show. And I learned that that is not the case. Uh, workshops happen and then you never hear about the musicals ever again. And uh, knowing that this musical was in development for about uh, more than 40 years now, uh, there definitely was a possibility that maybe that iteration wouldn't have taken off as well. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe we were actually around at the time when it's finally been made. We're so lucky. Yeah, that, you were the lucky. We you were, were the lucky generation. too because yeah, finally they got, they got round to it. <laughs> yeah. You two youngsters just wanted to know where you might see yourselves, both of you, in ten years' time when you're twenty-eight. Oh goodness! <laughs> uh, I think the experience of doing this show, which has been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, has really taught me that what I want to do is always new work because we've been given so much input, way more than would normally be given on a new piece. People have let us contribute, give opinions constantly, uh, and really shape this show together. So, I think the best thing I could say is I don't know what work I'll be doing because it doesn't exist yet. That's a very good answer. You see. You could say you want to go into Les Miserables or you want to go into one of those <laughs> yeah. shows. But the, the the creativity of, as you say, being the first yeah. um, is a really special thing. Yeah. And I, and probably will have spoilt you. Because oh, if yeah. you then go into some other <laughs> musical, you'll go, oh, no, I've got to stand there and I've got to do exactly <laughs> what the person did before me. Yeah. And, uh, and and the two of you have had this fantastic opportunity to... <laughs> to do something yeah. new yeah no it, there's like a lot of freedom in this show so you can't see what but well something new yeah for christina and for andrew i would say anything that brings uh the same amount of joy or more uh that this musical is bringing audience members every night you are both this is the treat for us performing at magic at the musicals at the albert hall on monday we are we cannot believe it what are you doing we're going to be doing Battle of hell a title number oh. Wow. I can't <laughs> wait. Have you, well, presumably because you're only children, you haven't actually performed at the Albert Hall before. I or actually have, you? have three have times, you? I think. Oh. I, did, uh, I did an opera there when I was 16. I did a BBC Young Singers Opera um, by Rachel Portman. And I've done a couple of the proms with my school. So you're a seasoned Albert yeah. Hall performer. Okay. You'll, tell, you'll tell Andrew how <laughs> to get what is, the stage. What is a prom? Like a no, dance? I told you. No. no, I will explain later. It's a, it's a series of summer concerts. <laughs> I've done a couple of those. A range of classical music. You will show Andrew how to get onto the stage at the Albert Hall. Yes, it's pretty it impressive as a venue. Do you yeah. know, have you heard of it? Even? Uh, we were there for the Olivier's and we got to watch. So it's And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to perform here? And, and we got the call a couple days later. Coming, yeah. So, yeah. And you will be. Well, we can't <laughs> wait to hear it um, and we look forward to seeing you then. Thank, Thank you. you. Then we came back to my little studio and we spoke to Nick Afoa, who's currently starring as Simba in The Lion King. Now, Nick, you're from New Zealand. And, yes. Um, 
I, I can't, everyone says this about you. I'm sure that you started your career as a rugby player, so you have walked in looking every bit like the all black that I was expecting you to look like. Oh, really? Yes, yes. <laughs> like a sort of back. You've got a fantastic tattoo. Oh, thank you. That On the whole of your right arm. Thank you, yeah. It's a, it's a Samoan, is that, is Samoan a, tattoo. Okay. Uh, it's a big part of our, our culture and artistic expression. So, yeah, I got that quite a few years ago now so yeah yeah so but you're from new zealand or samoa i i went to samoa on my way to new zealand oh did you well just last year oh absolutely wow loved it what a fabulous island oh that's amazing just gorgeous absolutely yeah. gorgeous and then i ended up in auckland and you can you come from auckland or you come from samoa oh. or your family come from samoa and moved to yeah which? i was born and raised in new zealand but right. my father is uh, of someone descent mm-hmm. so i'm a second second generation half Samoan through my father and mm-hmm. my mum is a Kiwi New Zealander Croatian so bit of a mix there yeah, that's, well I yeah. was in Croatia just the other week oh what wow what another beautiful place I went there it for really the first time is. two months ago well what an interesting combination that is and the two yeah. places I've just most recently been wow that's but amazing that you went to Samoa yes. too anyway well I haven't even said that you're playing Simba in the Lion King <laughs> yes. I was going on about your rugby and your, and your, um, your wonderful tattoo um, you were a soloist for the Rugby World Cup choir singing national anthems yeah how would how was that? That that was pretty much how how it all happened. Getting into singing. Okay. Um, so as you know, I played a lot of rugby growing up, and then uh, there was an opportunity that came up before an All Blacks game. I think it might have been versus England as well, and uh, they were looking for a singer. And I was in New Zealand. In New Zealand, is, yeah. And uh, I was in my uh, my final year of school, and um, I think one of the one of the um, the CEOs of the New Zealand Rugby Union happened to be at a game um, where I was singing. And so, so you'd been singing at school, yeah, as well as playing rugby, yeah. So I kind of juggled those things growing up, mm-hmm. and then um, they asked me to do the the Rugby World Cup in two thousand and three. So, seventeen year old and uh, on national t- international TV in front of millions, it wow. was um, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. And which national anthems did you sing? I did the New Zealand. You- Oh, yeah. wow. So, that, yeah. well, pressure there. I know. If you can do that, then, hey, Simba the Lion King, <laughs> that's got an opening night. It's got to be easy, yeah. hasn't it, after doing that? That would, you would know, you originally, you were Simba in the Sydney production. Is that the, right? The so, Australian tour from the, 2000 and, well, I, I've forgotten. Is it 2000 and, 2015 and 16, I think it was? Right. Yeah, so two years of touring all of Australia. We did all the big cities there. And then you came over here? Yeah, pretty much straight away. And are those productions very different, or are they exactly the same? Do you know what they have? That they all have that same heartbeat of that South African story at, at its roots. But there are the differences, obviously, in in the casting. I think they like to cast a lot of cast members that reflect the demographic of where it's at. So in Australia, we had a lot of Polynesians and Samoans in that cast, mm-hmm. and um, so those are the slight differences that you get in the shows. Mm. Yeah. But the but the staging and the the music orchestrations same. all all the same. Yeah. yeah. Now you've played Simba. I think. Well, I, I was looking. It says a thousand times. I think it's probably no, a lot more than. Does it a say thousand a thousand? Well, somewhere it said a thousand times. Don't yeah. trust wow. my facts. My facts are very loose. But I think how well how many years have you played Simba for? Um, I think so. By the end of Australia, I had done about. 800 shows so I think actually it would well, be well it would be more than that mu- much more than a thousand yeah. but even hearing a thousand makes me think whoa <laughs> that's that's a lot of time there was a time I thought when I was rehearsing the show I thought how am I going to even do a week of this it was so tough but oh well you to... could be fit for it yeah you do but you keep yourself fit obviously you have to yeah, yeah. how yeah. do you keep yourself fit or just does, is just doing the show enough or do you do other stuff outside 
I think you do. You have to do other things outside to to remain, you know, flexible and and strong. But I think it takes a while for you to find your sweet spot and knowing how much to balance your training and rest as well. Rest is so important. Um, and you kind of have to find that out through trial and error. When I first started, everything, <laughs> yeah, everything was 100 miles an hour. Everything was training every day. And and then you'd come to the fifth show of the week and realize I've got nothing left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you really have to um, realize that sometimes less is more and you've got to, you've got to rest. And it wasn't until I did that um, that I really found the sweet spot and are you performing at the Albert Hall? Yes. Good. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm excited. What are you going to do at the Albert Hall? Um, no, we're, we're doing a, a nice little mashup. Me, Sean Escoffrey and Lindy Weir, um, our, Ref, our lovely Rafiki, um, of a couple of numbers in the show. And actually, we haven't rehearsed it yet. We're going to rehearse it tomorrow. Oh, I hope you do. Because <laughs> I'm going to be watching. It's going to be good. I, I think people are paying. Be, I don't want it to be icky. I don't, I don't <laughs> <No>. want to... <laughs> it's the first time we've done this at the Royal Albert Hall too, so... No, I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm always nervous. You just the first time you've done the Albert Hall, first time you've done this mashup thing. It is, it is. And you haven't practiced it yet. It's on Monday. Can I just point we'll be that fine. out? We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We've got this, professionals. We've got it. I hope so. No pressure. I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. I don't want to catch you. you in the crowd, like staring at you with, no, a, with, going, <laughs> with a note and oh, pen. Not sure. Risky. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, what? I, I've done it. I went. Oh, I, you did it. Did yeah, you do it last year? I did it the the year that I got here. It was my second week in the country. And I got to sing at the Royal Albert Hall. And they Hall. put you on in the Albert Hall. How did, how did it go? It went really well. I did a, a nice a little duet with our Nala at the time. We did Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And it went down really well. But that building is incredible. I've never, ever performed in a place mm. like that. It was was really stunning. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. So Simba has kind of been your musical, musical for yeah. your career. So w- w- what next? Do um, you have thoughts about what next? That's a really good question. <laughs> I... For now, I'm really enjoying where I'm at, but um, there is that question you ask yourself, like, what what am I going to do next? For me, I know that I just, I really love acting. And before I did this role, I I didn't think that I could do it. I thought I considered myself as just a singer, um, someone who kind of liked the stage, and but I knew that I really loved, I loved the show and I loved the character and I knew that I could um, c- connect with it. And so in the last four years, I've learned that I, I, I connect and I really love it. And I'm learning still after four years. I mean, not having trained in the industry, mm-hmm. I'm seeing this not as just a chance to perform, but I'm learning as well. And so I would love to do a play um, next. Um, I would love to to maybe get, in, get into screen as well. But I, I'd, I'd love to. And do you that. think that will be here in England? Um, I'd hope so. Oh. Yeah, I'd hope so. I'd Good. hope so. I'd like, I'd like to make the most of being in the UK um, before I go back home eventually. Yeah, I think we'd like to keep you here. I think I think we should. I think we should t- I mean, tie you up to a lamppost, <laughs> keep you here, and uh, and uh, look forward to seeing whatever it is that yeah. you do next. But mostly, good luck with continuing playing Simba. Um, thank you wait, so much. Can't wait to see you at the Albert Hall. Thank you so much. Me too. I can't wait. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. That was Nick Afoa, and next into my little studio. It felt little because all these people were very, very large. Um, Trevor Dion Nicholas, who's the genie in Aladdin, he came into the studio. Now, he performed at Magic at the Musicals last year, so he was able to give some words of wisdom to those performing this year. Welcome to to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. I've I've, I've, um, 
It's like a dentist waiting room, my studio today. I've got, but 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 they, my clients are an extraordinary group um, of enormous men, basically huge they are, and I'm quite small, so I feel a little bit intimidated. But I have got with me today Trevor Dion Nicholas, who is the genie yes, in the Aladdin. Yes, don't yes, look, hello. you don't look very genie. I don't look very genie esque. No, I'm not, carrying not particularly wearing a um, well, if you look like, well, if you look shirt. like in the. Uh, in the corners of my eyes, there's always glitter still, and usually okay. in my ears, in my ears, you'll usually still find glitter. Yeah. So you started as the well, you were the the standby mm-hmm, on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got the call to come to London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was only a few months into my my Broadway run, uh, and they asked me if I wanted to open the London production, and I it was it was an, a resounding yes, and uh, and I've been here ever since. So, so you it's up been... sticks. Mm-hmm, you came mm-hmm. to London. Yep. How how is London for London's you? London's been wonderful for me. Uh, so it's been two two and a half years now, which is crazy. Um, but uh, I, I've, I, I have a home here now. Like, I've, I've purchased a home here. Oh, great. Um, I, I, uh, I have definitely put my my investment and my my heart into uh, this city. And so it's great because I always have the option to go home if I need to. But but uh, I fell in love with it when I got here and I've oh, stayed good. in love with it. And so it's been, it's been, uh, yeah, it's it's a second home now. Now you said that you were frustrated when you were younger because you wanted to be the leading man. Mm-hmm, you didn't think mm-hmm. you would ever be the leading man. Yeah. So what you've done basically is you've made the genie in Aladdin mm-hmm. the leading part in because you're on the poster and everything. This is all about you, isn't it? Now you've well, no, turned Aladdin it is into about... genie. Actually, <laughs> there is there is a draw to the character of the genie. Um, it is very much Aladdin's story. He is our protagonist, um, but we share a lot of attention together. And, and a big part of that is that uh, the same way that people attach to the character in the film, the the Robin Williams portrayal, like they do that with the stage version as well. Um, and I, I. Tr- I selfishly attribute that to the way that I'm able to put myself through the character, that I'm able to put myself into it. And so it is kind of, I kind of broke the uh, the leading man curse, I guess, uh, that I was struggling with in my youth. Uh, and so it has, luckily this show specifically has helped me as a performer and as an actor uh, change the perspective of the way that I am considered in the in the industry. And that's difficult to do sometimes, especially once you get into your 30s, it's more difficult for someone to say, okay, we've always pigeonholed you as this type of thing. Now we see you as this type. But this this role has given me that stepping stone to do that. I'm more than grateful for that. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. You talked about Robin Williams doing it in the mm-hmm, film. And mm-hmm. you said that you thought the genie would be cast as white. Yeah, 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 and absolutely. Um, just based on that, one, based on... Uh, the history and the expectation of of the way that the the industry has a tendency to stick with what's worked before, and so Robin Williams, where it, and honestly, when you when you listen to his performance, you don't hear race, you just hear the character. But my expectation was was that yeah, they would cast it as white, and the fact that when it opened on Broadway, that they that they cast this this big jubilant brown man, I was like, that's amazing, that's amazing, and so then then it was able to like draw the attention of like, okay, this is definitely something I can I can see myself in. And do you think that's changing now? Do you think people are more open to casting for the part? I think we're at the beginning of that change. I think we're at the beginning of that change. I think we are there are steps being made um by by casting directors, by producers to to actually consider inclusion and consider balancing the scales. And uh, because they haven't been for so long. And so it's an exciting time to be involved in the arts and in performance where you see 
people calling calling out the the missteps and calling out the the uh, the the poor choices that happen sometimes when it comes to 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 a role being to a role being whitewashed and so we're we're at the beginning of we're at the right right at the cusp of like this big change and I think it's exciting to be I'm a part, part of, of that. that change yeah 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 Which absolutely it, it is exciting because mm-hmm. I think I I think I can feel it anyway especially yeah, yeah, doing yeah. doing these podcasts that there is a real feeling absolutely. of a wave of change There's, it's a wave of, and it's and it's, it's just which is and it's quite a strong wave I yeah, think yeah. Um, the the difficulty is where there's always people that are afraid of change, um, and we're all guilty of that on different levels. But uh, uh, there's always it's anticipating pushback, but at the same time, being willing to stay steadfast and strong through it and ride the wave out. And we're 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 getting there. We're taking steps every day. And another thing I think might be part of that change is you've you've talked about being the pressure to be a kind of strong, non-emotional. Yeah. Big black man. Yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there, there is that, uh, there is that uh, stigma that that uh, that we all carry, and so there is that expectation not to emote and not to show and crack that, not to crack the shell and let let the uh, the actual person inside come out. And the reality is, I'm I'm a big emotional child of a man. Like I am. Like I I am I am very much governed by by my heart and what I feel and. Uh, and it's difficult to, in public, not always let that out. I'm lucky that we're in an industry where it's okay, and it's and it's more than okay. It's ex- almost expected, um, but it's accepted. And I'm surrounded by peers and friends who know who I am, know what I am, like Trevor as 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 a person, and know that I have a ridiculous sense of humor. I'm goofy, and that I love to cry. Like I cry all the time and I was lucky enough to have parents that also never stepped on that and so that was yeah that, that's uh that's the uh, a lot of a lot of black males and uh in my perspective as an African-American male uh coming from the U.S. is yeah that's not always accepted it's not always okay and so it's uh this again that's and it goes back to the idea of inclusion and like the idea of not having to live up to the way that things have always been and being able to make these changes and ride the waves of of new forms of expression, even if that's just as simple as being able to say how you feel, how you really feel, without having to worry about the way that it affects the people around you. Well, also, as an actor, if you can't do that, yeah. <laughs> you're probably not the best profession, yeah, I would yeah, yeah. say. Absolutely. Yeah, if you have no emotion. <laughs> um, You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised yeah. sometimes. <laughs> What's your favorite bit in the show? Uh, my favorite bit in the show. Okay, my favorite bit that I'm a part of is different from my favorite bit in the whole show. Oh, okay. My favorite bit that I'm a part of is the first time that Aladdin rubs the lamp because there's this massive, like, adrenaline rush, and it's like a shot straight to the heart of just pure, like, excitement and energy because the genie comes out, and it's really, like, there's 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 smoke and there's there's lights and there's all these things happening and things are moving and, like, the audience gets so excited by it. I get excited by it, and it it literally informs the rest of my show that moment. But my favorite moment in the entire show, I'm gonna I'm gonna get like real specific, um, has to be the first moment that. Spoiler alert: There's a magic carpet in the show. No, and it's the first. No. There is, there is, absolutely the first time that I'm carpet flies. Now. Well, ruined it for me. Absolutely ruined <laughs> but it. But trust me, because the first time that carpet flies, it is jaw-dropping and so it's rare that i get to see it from the front because usually it's like i'm in the show at that point but like whenever we're in rehearsals or whenever we have like a put in rehearsal for someone new or we have cash change coming up and so whenever we have new people coming into the show 
yeah, I'm going to dip out and I'm going to watch that carpet fly because it's, it shouldn't work, but it does. And it's, it's, it's incredible. It's magic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, straight it up, straight up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, last year you performed at Magic at the mm-hmm, musicals mm-hmm. at the Albert Hall. Yeah. What advice would you give to some of the people who are performing this Ooh, year? that's a good one. Um, take lots of selfies in the dressing room because the lighting is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but more importantly, uh, that audience is incredible. Like, they're so happy to be there. And so it's anything you can do to connect with them is really going to make your job so much easier. And so I... Uh, I was I had a blast last year and it was uh it was incredible and I had friends backstage and like then we all got to come out and sing together in the end and it was just such a wonderful night that that venue is stunning always mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's those people that are out there the people who got tickets to come and watch people like me absolutely absolutely yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them I'll yeah. be one of them yeah screaming. it's uh, that's what that's what makes it uh so it makes it exciting. So have while. we got you for a while, Trevor? You, you're not going back. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You're I live here now. staying right where you are. I can officially say I live in London. That's brilliant. Yeah. And are we going to stay with Aladdin or where? If you had another dream role mm. you'd like to play. Um, honestly, I don't have a dream role in the sense of like something that already exists. Uh, I'd love to do something new. Like I'd love to create a role that's mm-hmm. new for the West End. Um, I'm not leaving Aladdin anytime soon. I'm here for the I'm here for the long haul. But uh yeah, at some point, yeah, something brand new, something a character that hasn't existed, something that I can once again funnel as much of myself through uh and to make that type of deep deep person to character connection like yeah that'd be amazing and it'd be cool to be on some more posters that'd be cool yeah. <laughs> do you know what i think you're going to manage that <laughs> well fingers crossed fingers <laughs> crossed yeah, yeah. trevor dion nicholas thank you thank very you. much for coming in last but certainly not least was shauna scoffrey who plays mufasa in the lion king as well as being a very successful soul singer Shauna Scoffrey, welcome yes. to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. Oh, fantastic. You look to have actually me. look terribly fit and well, I have to say. We were just talking about the weather and what a lovely yes. spring we were having. Yeah. And you look very sort of spring like. Oh mate, I love him. I, I love the hot weather and the spring and the sun and all yeah. of that. So yeah, so Don't, it cheers us up. It doesn't does. It, yeah. it does. Now, how do we go from soul singer, mm-hmm. which is what you were, yeah. to musical theatre? How did that leap? Because it is a bit of a leap. Oh, it's actually. huge. How yeah. did that happen? You know, I think um, growing up, you know, I've always, like I said, you know, I always had dreams of being a singer, period. And um, and I, I don't know what kind of came to my mind that a singer, if you're a singer, you should be able to sing most things. You know, we kind of, you know, and not not well, but, you know, sing most things. So I was always experimenting vocally, whether it was, with, you know, trying to sing opera, trying to sing whatever. I was always trying to experiment vocally. And... Um, so what happened was, so when this kind of, the transition kind of happened, it wasn't too much of a big one, really. It was just kind of <clears throat> adjusting vocally a little a little bit, you know, if that makes any sense. So, you know, so for example, when I did um, Les Mis, it was like, you know, I kind of to deepen the tones and pronounce every word and all of that kind of stuff. Where it's soul music, you kind of slightly laid back and whatever. But what happened was, it was totally by accident. Um... I saw a, an article in the newspaper, I think it was the Voice newspaper at the time, and Chaka Khan was doing a musical. It was Mama Wanna Sing. 
And um, my mum said, you know, you should audition for that. I was like, mum, I don't want to do musicals. Jamming musicals, not for me, man. I want to, you know, I want to, I'm a singer-songwriter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> I don't want to do musicals. She goes, you know, you should go for it. Should, it sounds like a really good show and whatever. And it's Shaka Khan. And I was a huge fan of Shaka Khan, still am. And so, um, you know, you know, I had an audition, got, got the audition. And it was an open audition. And, you know, got a, a small part in it. It was ensemble. And, um, yeah, and literally, that was it. So um, an agent came to see the show, liked me in it. I signed up with him. So none of it was kind of much of a chore. So I can't even look back and say, you know what, this is what I planned. This is what, you know, I planned. This is, you know, my, this is my strategy. And it was a mastermind behind the whole thing. I had no clue. <laughs> no clue whatsoever. I still don't. And um, so, you know, I signed up with this, this agent. And then he literally, you know, you know, auditioned for this. So the next show, I think, was um, The Who's Tommy which I'd kind of have to change the vocal, you know, a little bit more rocky, mm -hmm. rock opera. And so they said to me, Sean, can you sing, can you try this? I was like, okay. So I, tr I tr sang the song, tried it a bit. It's still soulful. And yeah, that was it. So yeah, cool. Have that. So I've literally just been doing... And you've talked about trusting the song, which I think mm -hmm. is quite interesting because mm. perhaps with other genres of music, mm -hmm. the musical theatre is a pretty strict discipline. You yes. Know, especially yeah. when, you, you know, you probably... Don't originate the part frequently. Right. You're going yeah. in, you're singing someone else's part. The orchestra's playing what the orchestra's playing, yeah. so you can't go all over yeah. the shop with it. Yeah. Um, so, it, do you find that limiting, or do you enjoy just trusting that song? Um, you know, I, I sometimes it's limiting. Yes, it is. Um, you know, because you know, obviously, as singers, you want to express it and do, do what you feel is right for that song. But at the same time. When you're doing, when you're telling a story, you know it's it's very important to just tell the story, you know. So you know, for, so for example, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the Lion King at the moment, and so everything that I'm doing on stage is about Little Simba. Do you know what I mean? It's not about me. It's about Little Simba. So I have to tell the story in its purest form as much as I can, of course, in its purest form, and you know, so the audience, so the audience get a true. A picture of it, so I can't go off and start trying to riff the Mufasa song. It'll make no sense, you know. So I'm having a conversation with the, with, with Simba. So <clears throat> I'm going to tell the story as it is, and so and also I have to bear in mind is that a lot of people are coming to see the show for the first time, you know. So as much as it might be a little bit boring and <clears throat> daunting from oh gosh, here we go, they're seeing it for the first time. So I, again, I have to be true to what the piece is. Mm. So yes, very important. And you're performing <laughs> at the Albert Hall. I gather doing some sort of mashup which you have not rehearsed yet. Yes, <laughs> which I'm a bit worried about. Yeah, tell but me about it. But that that will frighten you. Yes, it does. You it go. always you does. Like you like things that terrify exactly. you. I mean, the Royal uh, Albert Hall always terrifies yeah, me. As soon as you yeah. step out on that stage, <laughs> you see the vast amount of people. Think, oh my gosh, you never get yeah. used to this. And one of them's going to be me. Going, I hope they have had time to rehearse yeah. this because you know we're on now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I think I've, they've kind of spoken through it, so we've kind of got an idea of what's going on. So oh, good, because yeah. it's on Monday. Yeah, no, it's, now, about, yeah. it's only a week away, yeah, less no. than. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we're rehearsing, I think, on Thursday. Good. So there we go. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but you've done the it. Albert Hall before, so you know yes. what the atmosphere is going to be yeah. like and you know yeah. what it's going to be like backstage. Yeah, it's going to be good because there's a load of musicals doing it, yeah. so it's going to be really yeah. good. Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to seeing? Um, oh, gosh, who is that? The King and I, actually, because I just saw the list and I thought, oh, the King and I is doing so. I thought that would be quite interesting to see how that's in, interpreted on stage. Anyway, <laughs> I can't wait to see you on Monday. I know oh, you're going to be fabulous. Uh, any dates for the album coming out or do we know or um, not yet? Not yet. They want me to finish it by January of this year. 
So I've kind of... Oh, We're in know. May. Yeah, no, tell mm. me about it. But okay. yeah, but I should be finishing it quite soon. I'm about 80% there. All right. Yeah, it's well, very exciting. We will look forward to it coming out oh, very much. Thank and thank much. you so much for coming on our Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> So that was our Magic at the Musicals teaser and next week we'll be speaking to all the other performers on the night from backstage at the Royal Albert Hall. That was the Musicals and Theatre podcast and if you enjoyed that then why not subscribe it's absolutely free to our channel on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hear me every weekend morning from 6 till 10 on Mellow Magic. 